This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. From this nightmare world emerges a fearsome half-man, half-ape with the strength of 20 demons. And welcome back to another episode of the Video Junk Air Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson, and with me, as always, my good friends and co-hosts, Eric Branson and Ryan Steiskull. How's it going, guys? It's going. Just keeps it, going, too. Oh, but, God. Yeah, it so. never ends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does, eventually. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah, well, actually, we haven't been... Uh, no, we were going to do a double header tonight, because did we record last week? I don't even remember. No, we didn't. And we uh, were off last week, and yeah. I don't know. I changed it around because something because of something <laughs> school related. But yeah, we'll have a show for you every week, no matter what. So, but yeah, we record. I don't when think we, we can, ever let you yeah. down. So, no, we try not to. But uh, yeah. all yeah, these well, admissions of behind the scenes. Oh, oh yeah, all of it. <laughs> all but, six of you out there that are listening right. every week. That's uh, keep shattering your, your illusions. <laughs> um, no, I guess I should do the uh, the quintessential old man weather report. Holy shit, it was super nice this weekend. It's late October and it was in the 70s. Yeah. And yeah. Did you guys do anything nice? Like, I got outside? sick. Sounds nice. No, my, yeah. <laughs> my son had a surgery. He had um, ear tubes put in and his adenoids removed. So he was kind of laid up and I was catching up on homework and stuff. So... He and I were inside most of the weekend, unfortunately, because it was really nice. But um, I think uh, my wife and my daughter got out to do do some yard work and, I don't know, just be outside. We didn't do anything too, too fun. Um, Sunday night we went to uh, some, like, uh, Halloween houses around, which that term sounds, sounds odd. But, like, there are some people in this area, like this whole group of people called the... Um, uh, Chicago haunt builders that take like Halloween decorating to like the nth degree. So like the, some of the displays are really, really, really cool. So every year we try to get out and see as many of them in the area that we can. And uh, so we went out to do a couple of those on Sunday night, but that's really the only Halloween's been really, other than us celebrating here on the podcast, it's been kind of a down year for me. Usually we, Same, we do it actually. up for Halloween and we haven't really gotten to do much, so God, every I October just... I always do like a small work show. So I like the whole fucking month has spent me like making like tiny pieces of artwork. Hence why I'm sick because I've been pulling all nighters. But like yeah. same, it's just like oh, and hanging I... out with children, right? That's the that's the main thing that will always get you sick. Oh, nephew, yeah. it was a nephew. It was a leaky yeah. nose nephew that got got a leaky got nose me. nephew. <laughs> yeah. Like just sniffling. It the doesn't whole time. even matter if they're. If they're leaking, if you could see it or what, it's just, yeah. You heard it. It was they so audible. Like, like, the I, moment I, I heard him just in the distance going, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm fucked. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm just like, I am screwed. Yeah. I have I, a compromised immune system from, like, just poor sleep and eating <laughs> habits the past fucking two months. 
Yeah. yeah. Vectors of disease. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get knocked the fuck out. And it's not going to be after all the work is done. It's going to be right when the work needs to be done. And I did it. Oh, yeah. I did it. I am very proud of myself. And today I just laid in bed. Yeah. <laughs> whatever the fuck I yep. could and did not so your, care. Your version of a victory lap on. Yeah. yeah. Like I a spent, limp, uh... like a victory limp home. Like, yeah. <laughs> not <laughs> dead yet, Saturday. you fuckers. I spent Saturday running a field trip with a bunch of students for a geology class, and it was nice because you know I got to be outside and enjoy that weather. But yeah, on the bus, thirty-three college students, and I can hear all of them sniffing and yeah. coughing. And I'm oh, like, yeah. oh shit! Like the windows are down, but that's not gonna help here. And so <laughs> I'm uh, I tried just staying away. And it's like we're hiking around, and I'm hearing them cough, and I'll just like walk a little bit faster ahead of them. <laughs> it's like try to keep up, but not too close, please. <laughs> But, yeah, I, yeah. It, it's it, that time of year. I don't know how I've dodged bullets and not gotten very sick yet this fall. But like, yeah, it's sitting in classrooms full of people. There's it's a bullet a, with your name on it. It's an interesting it's experience bullet, after yeah. the, the last two years of being around nobody and all of a sudden being around tons of people, many of which you know, yeah, are coming to school sick and such. So it's like, yeah. That's... Well, you know, you'd mentioned taking the kids around to like the the you know decorated houses and stuff mm-hmm. I, one thing i'm i'm surprised about when i do these field trips around this time of year i usually go in october um driving through some of these small towns in wisconsin around baraboo and stuff they're already really small little towns where you would ex- you could see like a horror film being made here you know like it, this seems like yeah. something out of a stephen king book um and some of these some of the houses they do that too they really go all out i'd say i saw more really intensely decorated yards and stuff for Halloween in these little towns than I did than I do around here. Yeah. So that's kind of cool because it really adds to that aesthetic of this is already, I don't want to say a creepy little town, but like, yeah, this could work. (laughs) I will say like, you know, in, in film, like Hocus Pocus and shit like that or anything where it's just like, it's always like a coast town with the autumn leaves fallen that like a halloween thing takes place it feels oh it's like. always but, like yeah new england or usually you know like or some Salem, shit like yeah. yeah or or it's yeah wherever but it's like where i grew up it's like oh this was just any small town in the midwest or primarily i wisconsin just like like what you said like oh any small fucking town i entered with the orange leaves and the fucking like every everything like yep. that aesthetic that you see in cinema is like this is here like yeah in this but i always quaint i think new england town. has it too but like yeah absolutely I, yeah that's kind of what like even the little town we grew up in i feel like yeah that was uh, yeah just yeah. that there midwest that, collective that really went into it we're have our one, day gentlemen we were one thing i always day. wondered though in in halloween movies it was like i've always tried to figure out where the hell this is taking place where it's like it's halloween it's the day of, and the kids are in school because the you know, teacher's telling them some local legend because you need that exposition. And yeah. um, the kids are going to school, and they're like, they're just wearing like a, a light jacket. I'm like, fucking kidding me? It's usually freezing cold. <laughs> where, or and not even that, or it's like they're wearing t shirts, and it's like warm and sunny out. And like, where is this magical place where it's about yeah. 70 degrees? That was the weird thing about this weekend. I'm like, this is the weather I expect when I see those movies. Where is this happening where you get this type of foliage and this type of temperature on this date? 
I don't think it has anything to do with climate. I think it has everything to do with teen stubbornness. Because I can tell you from like well, that's true uh, too. seventh grade, <laughs> seventh grade till the end of high school, I just wore hoodies in like the coldest of fucking winters. I just wore pullover hoodies. And like for the life of me, I don't know why. Like I just like refused to wear a winter coat. And that wasn't even everybody, yeah. but for me, it was like I was one of those fucking groups of kids, and I don't know why, because now I'm that old man who's just like, it's too cold for this shit. What's wrong with you people? It's like... You yeah, know. I think I went from, like, t-shirt to hoodie, and then I would wear, like, my leather coat, like, yeah, leather coat that I had. There was that transition, was not even too. a cool, like, leather coat, but I tried to dress it up like it was by putting, like, patches and pins and stuff on it, but anyway, yeah, yeah it was cool. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, then back to the yeah movie. because like, leather is only, known yeah, for being a very right. warm fabric. <laughs> this should right, help yeah. the layers. <laughs> it's good for wind, and that's about it. But if it's just cold out, it's cold out. Oh yeah, right. And and, and Midwest winters, like when that breeze hits, it pierces the soul. Well, it's I feel like, like that's it, a it, segue. It it, it it really does. <laughs> it is, and we're actually going to use it uh, because we're, we're kind we're, of like uh, in New Zealand, right? No, I'm just, uh, oh, <laughs> what do we review? Um, to continue our our series for Halloween themed kind of or just good movies to watch around Halloween uh, theme, I guess that we've been doing all yeah. of this month. Um, we are continuing it tonight with the 1996, I guess you'd call it a thriller comedy horror film, The Frighteners. There has been a destructive force unleashed on this town such as I have never seen. Oh my god, I don't believe this is not happening! We have got a poltergeist! Okay, well, folks, I can do a clearance, but it's not gonna be cheap. Although I do offer a six-month guarantee. That fellow takes us totally for granted. Hey, Stuart, interact, huh? Frank Bannister had a remarkable ability. Psychic investigator? To communicate with the dead. You, you could see spirits? Emanations are normally confined at the cemetery. You cannot push spirits around! Although they do escape. And an uncanny knack. We're gonna scare the living daylights out of your parents. For making a profit off the living. We're supposed to be his business partners. Everyone says that you're a fraud, but I've seen what you can do. Give it up, Frank. Death ain't no way to make a living. But now... Some things put the fear of death in the living. What is happening to me? And sent the dead yes! running for their lives. I've seen a figure in a cape. That was the soul collector. When your number's up, that's it. Frank, we got problems. All these murders that have been going on in Fairwater, they're gonna pin them on you. Pictures and Robert Zemeckis. You're next, pal. And acclaimed director Peter Jackson. We don't stop till the screaming starts, okay? The Frighteners. We started with mummies. We did yeah. a werewolf. Yep. Ended with rock vampires. So now ghosts. Yeah. Ghosts. Has to be yeah. ghosts, apparently. We're doing and ghosts. Uh, so yeah, The Frighteners came out in 1996, directed by Peter Jackson. This was like his first 
big major major film yeah. like big wide release. He had done some not not just splatter stuff, but he, he made a splash with Heavenly Creatures just prior to this and got onto like the scene because that was an indie movie that kind of uh, that kind of blew up and became yeah. a big indie movie. And this was his first like major studio. Mm-hmm. Which he managed to still somehow make entirely in New Zealand and with his own special effects crew and like you know, and I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about how this this snowball started rolling and became Lord of the Rings eventually. So right, like, uh, so yeah, this is definitely the Jackson. awkward teen phase, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, also written by Peter Jackson and Fran Walsh, stars Michael J. Fox, Trini um, Alvarado, Peter Dobson. Oh God! This there's a ton of people in this movie. Um, John Aston, John Aston, yeah. sorry, Dewall Stone at the time, but yeah, um, Arlie Emery, uh, which I who I totally forgot he was in this. Um, Jake <laughs> Busey, Busey Jeffrey too, Combs. Yeah, yeah uh, give you a quick. Yeah, how, how do we forget Jeffrey Combs? It's only the best part of the movie, right? Like um, <laughs> give you a quick synopsis of the Frighteners. After a tragic car accident that kills his wife, a man discovers that he can communicate with the dead, and he uses his gift as a con- to con people. However, when a demonic spirit appears, he may be the only one who can stop it from killing the living and the dead. Um, yeah, I guess that's a good synopsis, but it makes it sound a lot more serious than the movie is. Um, oh yeah. Uh, you know, like a lot of Peter Jackson movies, it's it it really does have a a tongue firmly planted in cheek for the entire film. It I didn't know where it that was starts off end. very firmly in like the uh, the realm of kind of horror comedy, supernatural comedy. Um, I feel like it veered towards the third act. It veers off into a little, maybe a little too serious, and not not you know mm-hmm. as many jokes that uh, kind of makes it not kind of fit together as as. But, um, well, what yeah, was the? It, it is certainly a comedy. What What's your experience? So let's start with you, Eric. Um, when When did you first see this? <coughs> I saw it when it was fairly new, like video store wise. I don't think I saw it in a movie theater, but like, uh, I remember. I even remember the video box. If I'm remembering correctly, I think it had one of those like you don't call it a hologram. I don't know what the technical word for it is, but if you like move the box around, it the the, the picture on the front of it kind of moves and yeah the like face the thing i have behind me here the the like face kind of was 3d-esque on the video box and uh, oh i know I you're talking like those cards impressive. that you just move and they, yeah. they move as well I don't even, what yeah. is that i'm not even sure what that's called but um yeah i used to like you yeah, get so, stickers that had that and then yeah for a while it was around 96 that they started putting yeah. those i remember the lost yeah, the, world jurassic park i was just had gonna that. say that yeah, yeah. Yep, had the T-Rex one. Um, but anyway, yeah, I remember the video box being cool, and that's kind of the way I first heard of the movie, I think, is like, oh, that looks interesting. Uh, just because the cool video box, let's rent that, and I think watched it with some friends. I It was one of those that I kind of watched once, thought, oh, that was, that was good, and then promptly forgot about for a decade or more before I, then all of a sudden you know then peter jackson's a household name and the whole lord of the rings thing comes around and finally I, I think i saw it again later and um with all of that context but yeah i saw this not knowing anything about not about him as a filmmaker or any of his like prior indie movies or anything at all so it's more based on the uh you know hey michael j fox <laughs> martin mcfly's in this movie so. that's right what about you uh ryan i'm eric now uh, <laughs> uh, it was actually for me um, when it was running around in the the cable circuit, kind of like mm. sci-fi or whatever else that would pop on the TV, catch it every once in a while. 
And it was one of those things where I didn't really catch the beginning. I saw Michael J. Fox, and I'm like, oh, he's from Back to the Future. I'm going to check this out. <laughs> and I was definitely, uh, I want to say when I was like 12, 13 maybe when I saw it. But, you know, after a while, like, trying to find it every this time of the year uh, that it would be playing on some, one of those things and just find it and try to watch it whenever I could. So it was actually yeah. kind of like this weird kind of seek it kind of mm -hmm. uh, situation. So you know, before is this the, the first streaming. time you ever saw it all the way through? No, or no, I've seen it all the way okay. few, uh, before a few times. But I'm just saying, like, that's how it started for me. Yeah. It's just, like, looking for this uh, thing. It's just, like... Uh, what what surprises me is this like oh this movie's much older than I thought it was like I did because at the mm -hmm. time I was seeing it it's like oh this must be not too old uh, I didn't know it was actually made in ninety six um, I was like oh shit and now I do now now it's quite clear uh, yeah. where it is but it's it's one of those things that like because I think I had such a fondness of like trying to look for the movie and uh, all the ridiculousness in the movie like. The memories were definitely like this movie is fantastic, and now having to go through this as we review, I'm just like, okay, I'm starting to see elements of this film that uh, have some cracks in it. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's kind of go through those. Um, so the the film, like we said uh, in the synopsis, Michael J. Fox uh, plays Frank Bannister, whose wife Deborah died in a car accident, and so ever since then he gets he can talk to ghosts and. He uses this ability to, to con people, and so you, you meet him pretty much doing that um, in, in the beginning, and you meet some of the ghosts that he hangs around with, and they're, they're great kind of sidekick characters, you know, they yeah. remind me of yeah. the Gargoyles in Hunchback of Notre Dame, or, you know, the, <laughs> the three ghosts in Casper, you know, they're, they're kind of a pain in the ass, but they're fun. There's always a relief. gag, yeah. There's always, There's always like a, a gag. Like, uh, You've got like the vomit through the head situation like something to do with your ghost now weird things happen yep um, you've yeah. got the 1970s gangster cyrus a nerdy guy from the 50s Stuart, and then uh john aston plays the judge who's an old <laughs> wild west gunslinger um, yeah, i love the judge and with they, the fucking aston like turns the in jaw like, that just fucking hangs there yeah yeah John Aston essentially turns in the same performance that he gave us in Mr. Boogity. If we all would think back to that, but but bet, like uh, characters a little better. Like yeah, but he's he's great in this. It's he's a lot of fun. And that's right away though. They they really try to showcase the CGI in this movie. And this is '96. This is around the time when CGI. Sigh. Yeah, this is when CGI was a thing that you now put in movies because it was cheaper to do than practical effects. But Guys, it, the CGI in this movie was so goddamn yeah, bad. But it wasn't all going like, to look like you know Terminator, <laughs> Jurassic Park, or things like that. It, it's not. Yeah, and so this, there's a lot of. It's almost kind of Looney Tooney. It there's a. I was going to say it there's is. a lot of ghost yeah. cartoon yeah, but, gags. But so in this. very intentionally yeah. in places, I, I should say. Like I think yeah. it was going for that cartoon aspect in places. In other places, it wasn't, and it still looked very. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. So uh, people start to catch on that he's a con man but they don't know why or how necessarily but they're starting and what he does is he'll have the ghost go to a house and they'll do some scripted things you know rattle cupboard doors and beds and stuff like that and then they S call send the frighteners out as yeah he sends the yeah, frighteners out. leave a business card somewhere he'll either drop it earlier or they'll leave it somewhere when yeah, yeah. and yeah. uh yeah and then he comes in and says oh well 
yeah, you've, you've got this class, whatever level haunting, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. get rid of them all. Um, but then he's it's a little bit like Ghostbusters meets Beetlejuice in the first it, act. It, of the movie. It really yeah. is. Yeah. yeah, but like kind of um, a little more dime story versions of those in some yeah. aspect <laughs> of that. Of to be honest, but it's in the same vein. Yeah, it sure. is. Yeah, but meanwhile, uh, people in the town are actually starting to get killed, and it's these really odd deaths. Mm-hmm. Heart attacks. Like all heart attacks. Yeah. Um, and so he starts to get roped in as being a potential suspect somehow. And, um, and there's also people think that he's responsible for his wife's death. And so there's a lot of, you know, now there's some conspiracy stuff kind of going on. But um, when, when Dahmer's shows up, Milton Dahmer's, which is Jeffrey Combs as the FBI agent, <laughs> that's when you really start to feel... Peter Jackson's touch on it, or at very I, least I Jeffrey Combs's touch and on Jeffrey it. Combs. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say I think you feel the Peter Jackson, especially early Peter Jackson kind of comedy, in especially in the way that Cyrus and and Stewart interact with with Frank, and there is a lot of that kind of almost like slapstick comedy stuff going on with it, and you know the the judge kind of the jokes with decomposing and him falling apart and. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, the ghosts seem to all be decomposed to a certain uh, yeah. extent in this, which is interesting. Apparently, when you die and you're in the afterlife as a ghost, you continue to decay mm-hmm. until you can die again. It's not really well yeah, unless, established. Yeah. Unless you're Jake Busey's character at the end of it, which who seems to be perfectly fine. But so. you get you get a yes. apparently you get like some kind of Reaper gig. And get all the fucking yeah. benefits of whatever that like. There's no explanation as to why that is. Um, yeah. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. The the first act of this movie is very very charming. Like the the CGI is, I don't know what. I guess we have to be thankful for the fact that Weta was formed to make this movie, and that's eventually what ended up after. Because Peter Jackson literally says in its introduction to this on the director's cut that he's like, we bought all these supercomputers, like these render computers, and we had no idea what to do with them. We had invested in this, and we had to make more movies to make to make it worth it. And he's like, but literally after doing The Frighteners, we just had to do something else, and my next idea was like, I think we have the technology here. We could make a Lord of the Rings movie, and that's where that kind of like started to yeah. roll into lord of the rings so. i would have not made um, that connection that frightener yeah, cgi I think, <laughs> I think this is a like I, I actually wrote that down in my notes that this is this is a very like risky connection i'm not sure new line was you know this was more of a gamble than it seemed like based on what this looks like but i feel like there was a cold medicine cocktail involved <laughs> to make yeah. such in a 1996 when i saw this i don't remember thinking that it's just in hindsight now when you go back and just look at the and 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 I do agree that some of it's intentionally cartoony and then some of it's just bad. So there's a difference between like, you know, what's going on. Um, and and it's certainly the available technology at the time is to blame for most of what's bad. It's not like it's poorly put together. It's just well, it's also, just bad CGI. We've talked about yeah. that in a couple of other movies. Yeah, just, but also I guess keep in mind like the first Lord of the Rings came out in what two thousand one or two. Um, two. 2001 sounds right. I feel okay. like I got to look so, that so up. So you but. got, you know, five years, five or six years yeah. from when this was made to when that was made. I mean, they shot all three yeah. of those movies in between. Yeah. But. So it it makes sense, I guess, in the way of, like, over that five years, okay, we have the technology, but we need to refine it. And, you know, 
you know, I also you, feel like they learned a lesson in uh, use of practicals. It's not like there's no yeah. practical effects in this film, but the Frighteners tends to lean on that CGI harder than I feel like they did because um, they yep. certainly did a ton of practical effects in the Lord of the Rings films right, as well. Right. So, but but it was 2001 yeah. was Fellowship of the Ring. But so I mean, like what but, two years after this came out? Two years after Casper, and like yeah. there's like the same kind of feeling there it, yes. it really is yeah <clears throat> in the first yeah. half of the movie that that vibe kind of works i think really yeah, well yeah. for it because it is it's light and charming and funny i think you when you you get to like the the midpoint here and it starts to turn into a serious murder mystery and they they start to expand expand on um the the jake Busey here johnny bartlett the, it was yeah. a mass murderer and him being you know possibly being the ghost and kind of the, that whole case you bring in um <laughs> jeffrey combs as milton dammers who, who who steals the show after he's in it like he is the movie for me like that's uh yeah and, and i'm a fan of jeffrey combs anyway but this is a very distinctive character that uh yeah um yeah if that's the it, one but, thing that feels like if for the being this is a film you know obviously reviewing it it's something people have forgotten that's the biggest shame I feel is that Milton Dammers has been kind of forgotten as a really good character yeah. in a film. Yeah, and he's an actor that's always kind of wonderful and no matter what kind of junk he's in or whatever he's doing, but um whether it be Star Trek or, you know, some B movies, but uh he's always giving his all. And um yeah, I do feel like it's got a bit of a personality crisis is kind of where I was going with mm-hmm. that. It's like the first half of it is very very light very peter jackson very fun um you know supernatural con man thing and all of a sudden it becomes very serious we're talking you know mass murder um Mm -hmm. that is depicted um you know 1996 i don't know if it was quite if it was quite on our radar yet but you know uh mass shootings obviously are something that doesn't play quite as quite as it's hard to have a light and fancy free movie when you're talking about a mass murderer that you know walked into a hospital and executed a bunch of people with guns it's like yeah hey, that's it's it's yeah. weirdly uh, dark with a feeling it's just like oh he's only he only killed 12 people okay that's fairly low <laughs> by yeah, the national average we're... and they weren't well, kids yeah. fantastic yeah. maybe that's why we can have that in the same movie where like a ghost-sized bug out like bugs bunny yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. it's weird to say that that's part of the yeah, cartoonish yeah. elements yeah, yeah. It, it definitely feels kind of all over the place um the story itself like on paper is quite good i mean it's a good supernatural <laughs> yeah. mystery um you know you've got these you know like, like we said like the the frighteners the, the the three ghosts are pretty cool the three or four ghosts are cool um but yeah it suddenly makes this really bizarre turn and honestly out of all the cgi the stuff that bothers me the least is actually like this evil ghost the grim reaper one that's yeah, going around he, he uh, kind of looks cool yeah. i feel like he's a prototype of you know ring wraiths yeah eventually. i think that's why i thought he was cool <laughs> so, um yeah but you know and it's so not you know he goes in and he'll essentially squeeze somebody's heart and give them a heart attack and then there's he marks their foreheads with a number and only frank can see it so now you have frank who's being kind of roped into the investigation, but he's also trying to investigate it himself. So it it, it works well in kind of a, a noir way. Yeah, and it but connects it, to yeah, the death of his wife. It does, yeah. Because yeah, he saw the number on his wife's head. Yeah, yep. yeah. And she was the first victim um, after the execution 
of uh what what's his name gary jake Busey's character yeah. uh john i just said johnny bartlett johnny bartlett yep and then it's just like so her death i guess kind of kick-started this whole thing like she started at number 13 yeah and it's just like oh look it's all related yeah 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 so um yeah i don't I, know i think it, it overall it i mean i'm gonna save this for the end of my review but it was it was hard to it was harder to stay with this movie than i remember it being it goes yeah. faster than i remembered Mm-hmm. I thought, and like I don't know what version is on. Did you guys watch it on Peacock? Is that where? Yeah, yeah. I actually had already gotten the the DVD from the library, and it's the director's cut. Of oh, the movie. so you had additional. So it's fourteen minutes longer. So by by Peter Jackson standards, a, a fairly reserved that's, that's director's a, yeah. cut. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, um. Yeah, so I'm not sure what was extended or not. I hadn't seen it enough times in the past to where I... But it didn't feel like there was anything unnecessary in it. So, like, I feel like it's a pretty good director's cut, actually, because it didn't feel like it was bloated or... I mean, it's a bit bloated anyway, but I remember it feeling that way from the get-go. But Yeah. um, I think it's that bouncing around from from tone and theme that really pulls the audience out a little bit. Um, yeah. and then, yeah. you know, and at the time, it, I don't remember the effects bothering me, but they, they haven't aged well. So that makes it harder to watch. Well. So, you know, that's, there, there's a point in the movie where we bounce from, um, necrophilia jokes to, oh. um, you know, serious like murder revealing that the, you know, the, the, the reaper is actually this mass murderer within a few seconds of, uh, within a few minutes of one another. And it, it may be more like 10 minutes. I don't, I'm not sure, but. The uh, which I love the scene. It's pretty hilarious. I hate to say that, you know. Um, actually, is it is it really necrophilia if it's a dead person humping another dead person? I'm not sure if that is. Uh, it's un- I it, I will say it's uncomfortable either way nowadays. Because <laughs> because anyway, when you John, see John Aston's character, when you see John judge. Aston's character judge end with the line, "I love it when they lie still like that." Like, mm, no, nope. uh, no, yep. <laughs> some, some good 90s humor there gomez uh, no um <laughs> yeah. that tracks it does track doesn't it um uh, yeah. yeah he's putting putting the moves on a mummy in the uh in the museum scene so yeah more than the moves i should say <laughs> but it is funny when you do uh i don't i don't i don't know how i mean by funny when i say this but when you just see I, I hit like the casket go down and you just periodically just see his ass just pop out in the air like as he's like yeah like joke thrust in like it's just like so over the top um but it's just like all i could think when i saw that is just like they have them definitely like in a green screen to do these effects so there's just there's just a group of people who just watched John asked uh, Aston. Yeah. yeah, Aston. Yeah, Go uh, just, yeah. just <laughs> fucking, just air humping in a green screen room, <laughs> dressed as like a decayed uh, sheriff. Um, so I know, and I hate to say it as dated and as weird as some of the jokes are here and there. I think I prefer that part of the like that tone of the movie to what it becomes later mm-hmm. it um, needed to definitely choose so, a lane yeah or at least have better transitions between I, the lane and i think you could have told the same story you probably maybe peeled back some of the 
you know some of the details or change some of the like superficial stuff about who Johnny Bartlett was and you know make, maybe not make it so serious and and towards the end it becomes you know the stakes are very high and it becomes more of a serious movie. If you could have peeled a little bit of that back and kept kind of the humor aspect to it and made continued that tone throughout the movie and I think it would have been a little more successful but well that's so, kind of the thing yeah. like how I watched this movie was always like out of order. And it was usually, like, I saw it from, like, the middle onwards. So it was weird for me when I finally did see the beginning of it. And it is a lot more lighthearted, like, oh, look at these kind of, like, ghost con men. And, Mm -hmm. like, because the later half of the movie, they're not really in there. Yeah. Unless they're needed to, like, tackle the Grim Reaper. And then they're kind of systematically, the the two or three of them just kind of taken out. Um, and that's the later half that I was really intrigued in was actually the darker bits and like, Oh, this is kind of thrilling. Um, but then having seen the entire thing, just like, Oh, this is different. Mm. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah. disjointed. I, I agree. I think it definitely would have worked better if it stuck to the more lighthearted and, and, or if it would have just started off, you know, a little bit darker and stayed full? that way. I say, it, like, yeah, go full it into the dark one. It would have worked either way. Um, you know, it would be two totally different movies. Same story, very different films. Um, but those little gross-out jokes, you know, like Sean Astin humping a corpse. <laughs> um, you know. She's got a nice bone structure. I have to to wonder if if Peter Jackson had something in my contract. Like, all right, you've seen all my movies, right? I get to put a couple things in here, or I'm not doing it. It's funny that you brought that up, because um, what they made this a... They gave it an R rating. He wanted it to be PG-13, but they made it an R rating. So he's just like, well, fuck it. I'm going to add then a scene deserving of it and that is like near the end where uh um combs's character dammers gets fucking his head blown off like full yeah, yeah. gore gore that that whole thing was just like well if you're gonna give me the r i'm gonna fucking do it so but even that <laughs> felt so toned down compared to like what i'm used to seeing yeah. at that point from him like where, where he's come from i mean i think people like got to know peter jackson uh, on the film scene from heavenly creatures which is yeah. uh, you know drama thriller but um um definitely not characteristic of his first few films which we'll, we will talk about in depth as we mm-hmm. uh go on the next few weeks here but um yeah so he's very toned down here even even but i'm glad he got his since they were going to write it r i'm glad he got his little his scene in it. Although I I believe they just did it in CGI and it wasn't that wonderful. Yeah, you I will it, say I did so kind of you do see like his little like neck parts like yeah. twinge and yeah. like stuff. Why you have just the ghostly uh, image of yeah. Jeffrey Combs's confused <laughs> face. <laughs> it's just like yeah, yeah. That's that's like the closest nod I felt when it came to that aspect of Jackson's style. But he has a, a great... He still maintains throughout a fair amount of this movie um, his his cinematography style that he likes to use. You know, it's a bit frantic. It, mm-hmm. Especially in, like, the opening shots. There are some of these great zoom-ins, you know, that, that he's he does a lot in his older films. 
these kind of hand, almost feels handheld zoom in move around a lot kind of a thing yeah, um lots of handheld yeah lots of shaky cam like. yeah and it actually works works well not as much in in the lighter comedic stuff here so um you know he's a he's a he's a great director i just think this one is is uh this room, I don't want to say it's as, it's bad like, you know, when Tim Burton did Planet of the Apes, where it was like, <laughs> wow, I mean, this is nothing like any of your work. Um, but it definitely feels disconnected. Like, he, it, it, there's some stuff that I can't tell if he's appeasing a studio, because, you know, like you mentioned before, this was his first big studio film, um, mm-hmm. or if he's just experimenting with some different styles. I can't tell. Yeah, well, and I think the the... the bringing the technology in was a big step too like because when you do cgi you have to be i mean you can't you can't be running around with the camera shaking all over the place you have to be settled down and be a little more static so so that that you noted i think from from watching perhaps perhaps one of his earlier films mm-hmm. <laughs> that 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 was a you know kind of distinct style is the kind of the a lot of movement a lot of handheld camera work it's probably not something they could really do when they're doing the effect shots, so it had to kind of tone him down a little bit. Um, fortunately, it probably made him grow as a director and, you know, learn, kind of get... <laughs> it was probably a good practice film for what was to come. And um, Yeah. Is this yeah, does... So. Yeah, I, I guess reviewing this one now and having recently seen some of his early stuff for the first time in a while, and then, you know, having seen his more recent things... Um, including some of his really great documentary stuff that he's been doing. Uh, yeah. He really has become kind of the master of this, of, of it, which is kind of weird to watch this. The computer animation is bad, but then you go back and look what he did with remastering things like, you know, the Beatles documentary, Get Back. It's yeah, like, wow. I mean, Peter Jackson, in a lot of ways, is our generation's George Lucas. Like, he, yeah. he's on the cusp kind of of technology and everything's kind of pushing everything forward because they designed new technology to create a lord of the rings they designed new technology to create the that beatles documentary which now they are using to remaster old recordings all across the yep. record industry and and so and his uh, uh, world war one documentary he's also sitting back yep yeah so he's he's also sitting back in the um in the george lucas fashion and just watching the dollars roll in as everybody uses this technology that they've yeah patented so yeah but, yeah but, he's yeah. <clears throat> this seems to be a kind of an odd stepping stone for him. Um, it is. You know. It's it's a very unsteady movie. It's it's not perfect. It's got some really charming things about it, but it's uh... you know, I feel like a lot of the charm with uh, some some of the visual gags and stuff. But I I want to say I I don't know I, I I could be wrong here, but I feel like it's kind of Michael J. Fox's performance a little bit to kind of see him as this kind of weird grungy character i don't that's weird to say that there's a charm mm-hmm. there but i think it's because yeah, they just love michael j fox and just yeah. like his mannerisms but he is he is cast against type like he's a con man in this you mm-hmm. know movie yeah and he does he is the he is the protagonist you know he is the good guy at the end of it at the end of it all but but yeah he's a bit against type because he's yeah he's he's conning people he's kind of 
I wouldn't say he's like at the end of his wits necessarily, but he's not in a great place in his life, and he's no. uh, <laughs> yeah, still working on this. Like you know, he's building this house. When his what is he was building a house for his him and his wife when his wife died was what we find out later was murdered by the ghost of Johnny Bartlett the Reaper creature, um, and he's kind of like living in this half built house, kind of half ass working on it still, but. It's just kind of falling down around him, and it kind of pictures paints a picture of that's kind of his life at the point where I know, mean that where, place where is at, so. so incomplete. I'm surprised he didn't die of pneumonia already. Like <laughs> at this point, I'm like, oh, oh no, you got raccoons. You have yeah. raccoons here. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's, got, he's got ghosts. I mean, you know, yeah, you yeah. just get rid of anything. Um, there's a few other other shot shots in this or scenes in this with other cast members um because you mentioned michael j fox and yeah he is really good in this he is type you know against type but he's he's just as good as this as he is in anything else um overall the performances in general are, are fine My, none of my complaints are with the performances mm-hmm. um it, but some of the weird kind of ghost cameos get a little over the top like as much as i like seeing arlie army in in things um, he just kind of did a, a, an updated version of, you know, the drill sergeant, the gunnery sergeant from Full yeah. Metal Jacket. I well, actually found that kind of out of place. And, and obviously it was a joke and a reference being that they were able to get, you know, him to do it. But because like they originally that, they were going to get a they wanted a character like that and they had somebody else do it, but they found that they could just get him. And so they did. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, if you're gonna have it, you might as well have the best, right? But it's like, and and yeah, he's, it it it, I forgot he had that little brief kind of extended cameo in this, um, and so when I when that popped up, you know, it it got a smile out of me because I always liked seeing him and stuff. (laughs) It was always fun, um, but yeah, it it did feel a little out of place. It it felt kind of forced, so. Um, Not that he was bad, it's just like the inclusion of it was kind of strange. You know... Yeah. It just was another piece of the puzzle that didn't quite fit. Yeah. I, there was, um, in if we're on performance, I will say that there's something about in the, the final act of the movie that uh, I really enjoyed uh, D. Uh, Wallace mm-hmm. Stone's uh, mm-hmm. Pat- Trish- Patricia Bradley at the end as the like, kind of like the gun wielding uh, antagonist yeah at that point like taken over like there was just something about that um and again like for me like I, this is the later half of the movie that i usually caught uh and i think that's why i thought so fondly of this movie in my past but there's something about her performance throughout the whole way through it's just like this is uncomfortable <laughs> the mom from et yeah. is making me uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, run she, Elliot. Uh, she is good in this, and uh, yeah. the yeah, her character was the girlfriend of Johnny Bartlett, who we're led to believe throughout the film was kind of falsely accused of of abetting or aiding him in his crimes. And we find out that no, she was a, she's actually you know is full a guilty on. party yeah. of yeah, and her on. mom is. Um, like micromanaging her life uh also yeah. rocking the full like 
uh, Bram Stoker Dracula hairdo. Yeah. <laughs> Look at, she looks head. like mom from Futurama. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, yeah. Excuse me. She's great. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just. It's not that the second half of the movie doesn't work. It does. It works on its own kind of like way. It's like it just doesn't really fit together with the first. Yeah. The tone of the first half of the movie. And and the thing that really and not to say this is bad because I really love Jeffrey Combs' performance in this, but like when that character that you pointed this out earlier, but when that character appears, I, that starts to shift the tone of the movie. I think is uh, yeah, where I like uh, yeah. yeah. Do we didn't talk enough about Jeffrey Combs's character? I think because there are some fucking quirks that yeah. you oh, yeah. tell that he kind of just threw in there. One in particular, like he literally vomits when a woman yells at him. Yes, like he has some kind of reflex about women yelling at him. Yeah. Well, um, we we come to find out that through his he he's been on this uh, task force or been the only member of this task force that investigates cults and the occult mm-hmm. for the FBI for years, and he's actually been placed undercover and all these stuff. So he's got all of this kind of like trauma, he's like been tortured, tortured by the he's been the Mason like, the Mason family. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. He goes into yeah he goes into yeah he he cites the Manson family and like all this uh yeah and. So I don't know where this this particular quirk comes from, but you get the impression that he's carrying a, a lot of these like weird traumas well, along with him, and that he's kind of become a rogue agent in his you know. He he even says, which is funny, it's just like I always get the weird ones, <laughs> and it's like <laughs> you are the weirdest one here. <laughs> oh yeah, all of his little quirks and ticks crack me up like when. Um... You're trying to the, kill me right now, but I got a lead vest. <laughs> who, was like, that, yeah. who was it that raises his voice to him, and he he instantly runs out and starts vomiting? Yeah, it's uh yeah the um the the main uh, Lucy uh, Linsky, which is who's kind of Frank's love interest in, yeah. in the movie, which was Trini Alvarado. Which, in the side yeah. note, that was a very quick turnover in terms of love interest because her husband literally died the day before yeah her husband was a douche though so <laughs> that's how yeah. they try to justify it <laughs> and that's what yeah that's the way yeah. the movie kind of portrays it but like, uh yeah, yeah. it's kind of a <laughs> he actually kind of hangs out as a ghost and tries to for the most part help out he's actually not a really bad person at the end of the day he's a little obnoxious but uh, he's also the only person that's skeptical of frank banister out of the throughout this whole movie like they're just not buying into his bullshit like <laughs> which i thought it's funny because because lucy's a medical doctor and like there's the chief of police and there's like all of these like professional people and like the husband like the kind of jack douchebag husband like guy the health is nut, the only yeah. person mm-hmm. yeah health nut He's the only guy that kind of like like looks at Frank as like, nah, you're bullshitting us. <laughs> like, I don't. And then he, is, I don't know how you do it, but this is all fake. <laughs> like, and then he yeah, dies, yeah. and so, it's just like, well, yeah. fuck. Now I got to interact with Frank. Right. Yeah. But um, fun. his whole point of that character, the whole health nut husband, I feel was just to help establish like the rules of the universe. And it's again, this movie, I forgot how fast this movie kind of works through everything yeah. so like you get like a very yeah. quick rundown with not a lot of info there's also a lot of stuff going on and some of it 
yeah. to make a criticism, some of it may not be 100% necessary. There's, like, a lot of plot and a lot of elements, a lot of different threads, like, all mm-hmm. throughout this thing. Um, and, yeah, that... I'm not sure we needed that. You're right. He exists to kind of set up the rules, but I think we could have done that with our, with our side characters, who honestly were a bit more likable and interesting. Yeah. So our other ghost characters, I should say, Cyrus and Stuart. Well, I I kind of wonder in, in looking at the production and development of this film, if maybe one of the reasons it's disjointed is it was originally one treatment, and then Robert Zemeckis suggested something about it being almost like a. He said he viewed the treatment as a spinoff of Tales from the Crypt, the TV show. He, he wanted to pitch it as the first Tales from the Crypt movie, I think, at one point. What eventually would become Demon Knight. Yeah. So. so Wait, was Demon Knight prior to this? I'm forgetting my I think it might chronology have been prior. here. But, yeah. but just a, as like a spinoff type thing. And, and it could have worked that way if it stuck to the It was. It was the year darker. before. If so. it stuck to the dark a little bit more. But it, you know... Like well, like we keep saying, it, it kind of bounced around. So. Yeah. Can can I just say, having now that like that just I don't know what it is about that triggered that how much I would have loved, and still would love, if Jeffrey Combs got his own like little series every so often. Oh, like, I'd watch that. Watch that. Yeah. As his character on cases, like FB, like uh, sorry, like a like an X Files, but with Jeffrey Combs as fucking. Oh yeah, weird character. Just yeah, this neurotic I, mess of a man trying to solve these fucking weird s- situations. Like, like that is the spinoff. Yeah, I would want to see from this. <laughs> like yeah. Monk, but with cults. You know. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's yeah. I would. I would love to see. Hell, I'd like to see that now, and it wouldn't even happen. Like Columbo X Files meets Supernatural. Yeah. 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 And throw Put Bruce it on Campbell the CW. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce in there as well, so they can well they can um, fight mummies. Were Were there any? I mean, I, I don't want to uh, rush things, but I'm not sure. The, the thing is, like, I don't know. I don't really have a lot to say about it beyond that because it's. I don't know. Like it, it wasn't as good as I remember it being, but I yeah. don't know. I mean, do we do we want to get into any final thoughts and grades? Sure, yeah, I think we're I'll, we're there. I'm happy to start. Um Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Uh, out. Um you know what this movie what it is is it's a movie that I want to like a lot more that I fondly like everything about it like in terms of the con- like the whole concept uh the 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 characters, the actors um it just seems like it has all these elements that should make it up there with like Ghostbusters, um, Beetlejuice, you know, those kind of like things. And that's what the feeling was for me when when this was come up. It's like, oh, we're going to end this on a high note. This is going to be great. But then again, like seeing this now as a and as a reviewer is just like, oh, I wanted to like this. This this I wanted it to be this, but it really isn't quite that as mm-hmm. much as it should be and it's just like now being more aware of those bits it's not just the cgi but also like kind of the inconsistent tones uh and just how fast the plot goes uh but to be fair going back to ghostbusters and beetlejuice now 
uh, not as like a kid or whatever, getting out of that nostalgia thing, like they're kind of the same. Like they're actually quite quick movies when you really think about it. They don't make the most sense in certain situations. Um, but there's always like this weird thing that makes them tick. Something about the Frighteners, I don't know if it quite hit that mark per se. Even though there, mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of people, clearly like us, for example, who like when we think about the movie, I think we really remember the things we really enjoyed about it. But then, like when you watch it, like you're reminded of like, oh, I forgot about the things I don't really work with it. Um. I'm getting distracted because my head is perfectly lined up with Jeffrey Combs' thing, and it looks like I have massive fucking ears. <laughs> um, yep. That's a little tidbit for those who don't know. Uh, uh, it's uh, going back. It it's it's hard because I think I want to give this a higher grade than I think it actually would des- deserve, and that feels bad to say because I think it has so much potential. But it is not an IP that's going to get a reboot anytime soon. Um, but I still think it is something that can be watched and enjoyed. Um, and you can get what bits you can out of it. I still think people should see it. Um, I I, I, mm, I want to say C+, but I also want to say B-. So that's kind of in that range there. Uh, and I think that really depends on who who goes into this so mm-hmm. um i i have to it's probably honestly a c plus that's how it's just it just feels bad to say it that's where yeah. i'm at okay. what about you eric i i feel the same way honestly about the movie kind of diminishing from the way i remember it a little bit and some of that's the cgi or the the dated special effects and that's something that i've always kind of argued with people about and that the, the because yeah, I mean, you guys know for sure, and anyone listening knows for sure that I'm a huge fan of practical special effects, and uh, I feel like those just even even some of the like not perfect ones just age so much better than this era of CGI. There's like this this yeah. era of CGI, and I, and I don't think it's gonna stick around because I think they've perfected the craft and they've kind of you know learned how to work with it and blend it with practical and and just technology has moved on. But there's this time in the '90s where it just looks a certain way that's always going to be like oh that's 90s cgi like every time you kind of pick it out and the cartoony like mood of the first half of the film actually makes it a little bit tolerable but i think when you get into like trying to take it seriously as a horror movie or a thriller in the latter half of the movie it it just doesn't keep up with it the special effects are um pretty terrible the uh there's a couple of good makeup effects. Obviously, we talked about the judges, John Aston's makeup, or Rick Baker did that makeup, and it's it's an actual physical, you know, makeup, and that that looks great. It's a great like ghost costume, you know, kind of like straight out of Disney's haunted mansion almost. Like, um, it's so, so there's 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 a lot of stuff here uh, that's incredibly charming. We've talked, you know, pretty much the whole show about the um, the personality crisis or the you know kind of mood crisis that the that the movie has and i think that that's the main thing that hurts it the cgi i can forgive you know bad special effects i can forgive if there's a you know if this is a really really solid really tight story that that held me the whole way through i think i could totally forgive it um but it's not exactly that and um yeah i think i'm gonna land in kind of the same place i think this is a I want. I, I feel exactly the same as you, right? I want to give it a better 
upgrade than I'm going to because I'm a bit nostalgic about it, but I think it is. I think it's like a C or a C plus film. I think I'll go with a C plus because it's the plus is because I think people there's still a lot of redeeming qualities that makes this worth watching. But is it a is it an A movie? No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, yeah, I did Peter Jackson. This is uh, out of out of the movies of his that I've seen or you know revisited recently. This is actually among my least favorite of them, but I really like a lot of them. So the bar's pretty high. So, but I I remember when I first saw this. Uh, going into again, I don't think I saw it in theaters, but I remember like going to the theater and seeing the poster for it. And I remember the people I was hanging around with at the time were really excited about it. And when we finally did see it on video, we we loved it. And I think it was one of those movies where I loved it because I thought I was going to. And I remember watching it and going, "Yeah, okay, yeah, that's that's good." And then, like you said before, like never went back to it again, or very mm-hmm. rarely went back to it again. Um, and one of the things I remember about the trailer and I remember about the poster is that they really kind of pushed this edgy, this is actually going to have some scary moments to it. I mean, the poster itself is pretty creepy. It's cool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you get into the movie, and if, while the, the, the lighthearted cartoonish stuff does work in the beginning, if you go into this not thinking you're going to see that, it's a little surprising. And I had actually forgotten about how cartoonish it really was and how poorly that would look i can like you said i can kind of um forgive bad special effects if the story is really tight and i do think this is a good story but because the the tone of the movie doesn't stay consistent um it it feels really disjointed um and so i and and o'brien you said this isn't an ip that's probably going to get rebooted and i agree but i think it could work um if it if it were handled a little I'm saying that Jeffrey Combs spinoff like that would be awesome in fact even just this story done again stick to the lighthearted thing okay then it's going to be that you know it'll be put it on Disney plus uh if you're going to go a little edgier than than go but I think this is and there's a there's a lot of horror films out there that play back and forth between silly and scary there's plenty that work really well like that I think it's a victim of its time in this case, its special yeah. effects really hurt it upon later viewing. So yeah. I'm I'm actually going to be right there with you guys, and, and it, like you said, Ryan, it hurts me to say this, but I'm going to say a C plus. I would have liked to have said at least a B, but it it just isn't. It's um, it's one where the best scenes check them out on YouTube. I don't think it's worth sitting through the whole the whole thing. Um, but uh, we would love to know what any of our listeners think of the Frighteners. I remember, again, this one had some buzz to it when it first came out and people liked it, so maybe we've pissed you off. Uh, but we'd love to hear what, <laughs> what you think of our thoughts on it or if you, there's anything about this film that we didn't mention that you wanted to bring up. Please feel free to send any of those questions, comments, criticisms, or witticisms to the Video Junk Air Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Video Junk Pod and our main Video Junk Air Podcast Facebook and Instagram pages. If you write it, we'll read it, and we look forward to hearing from you. And if you like what you hear, uh, we invite you to join us over on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Podcast, where you can make a very small donation and help us to create more of these uh, exciting episodes that you enjoy. Um, with that donation uh, also comes a, 
list of perks, including helping us pick movies that uh, go that we review on the show, as well as some exclusive content uh, multiple times a year. And we'll, um, yeah, hopefully uh, see you there. Whether you decide to donate or not, we're happy to have you here and hope you will come back and join us for uh, more Video Junkyard podcasts coming up on the show. We have uh, next week, we, we've alluded to this one coming up before, but said we weren't sure when it was coming. We we're going to be watching The Quiet Earth. Mm-hmm. And uh, followed following that, we are going to watch a, which actually that kind of uh, coincidentally, um, works with the the peter jackson theme i didn't even think about the new zealand oh yeah we're staying in new zealand man we we really uh sounds more planned than it really was but anyway we're going out i mean i planned for it (laughs) (laughs) i kept pushing it enough for a reason watch some uh early more early peter jackson films we're gonna watch bad taste and uh meet the feebles then we're gonna come back to the states and check out a john waters classic uh female trouble um (laughs) to round out the uh month of november so Hope you'll come back and join us for that. And also, if you have uh, ideas for Christmas films that you'd like to see us review on the Video Junkyard podcast, let us know your Christmas picks. We're marching into the uh, Christmas holiday season sooner than we'd all like, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, so let us know. Yeah. Get any great oh, ideas. Oh, oh. Absolutely. And we would love to thank you once again for listening to the Video Junkyard podcast, and we hope that you've enjoyed it and that you will share it around. And until next time, I'm Joe Peterson. I'm Eric Branson. And I'm Ryan Seiskel saying, when a man's jawbone drops off, it's time to recess the situation. (laughs) Have a good night. You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash video junkyard podcast on Twitter at video junk pod and on Instagram as video junkyard podcast all one word want to thank you again for listening and keep digging who knows what treasures you'll find in the video junkyard.